Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On a Monday! It's all even with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. It's going to be a packed show. It's a beautiful Monday. Lots to get into. NFL Week 4. There's a lot of big things that happen. We're going to talk about somebody getting fired as well. Thank God for that. NBA Finals Game 3. We'll discuss what happened in that game. And the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. Week four in the NFL is almost in the books. We have two Monday night football games going on tonight, but we had some great games that happened yesterday. And like usual, I like to preview or talk about probably four games that I saw that stuck out to me. First game we're going to talk about is going to be the Bengals versus the Jaguars. Next game is going to be Bills at Raiders. We got the Bucks against the Chargers and we got the Cowboys and Browns. So jumping into that first game, we got the Jaguars at Bengals. Bengals win this game 33-25. Joe Burrow has another great game, 300 yards passing. He had a touchdown, had an interception, got sacked, but he played well. He played with poise. He played like a veteran. We keep saying this week to week. This kid continues to progress, to progress in the right way. He's getting better. The game seems like it's slowing down for him. But the story of the game was Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was a man possessed. 151 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd had a great game as well, seven catches for 90 yards. Joe Mixon also caught one for a touchdown. So they had their go-to guy clicking yesterday. And I like what I'm seeing out of this Bengals team, this three-headed monster. You got Mixon, you got Boyd, you have Burrow. I like what they have for the future. This looks like... They, they may have something. They may have something here. I like what they're doing here in Cincinnati. That is very hard for me to say because this organization has been a dumpster fire for decades. So maybe this is their time to kind of step out of that realm of incompetence and actually be a competent franchise. So we'll see, man. But for the Jaguars, you know, Gardner Minshew, he, he had a decent game. 351 yards passing, two touchdowns. He also got picked. He was rushed a couple of times. He was hurried out of the pocket. He didn't look that comfortable. James Robinson, the running back, he continues to impress for the Jaguars. 75 yards on the ground. DJ Shark, he had a, a, a great game. 95 yards, two touchdowns. Jacksonville is in rebuild mode. Both of these teams are in rebuild mode, but the difference is Cincinnati has their guy. 
I don't know if Jacksonville really, really thinks that Gardner Minshew is their guy. I like Gardner Minshew. I think he's he's a hell of a quarterback. I think he has moxie. I think he's confident. I think he can be a quarterback that can lead you to the playoffs on a consistent basis. But does the organization believe in him? I, I really don't know. I don't know if they believe in him. And I think that they're going to do a lot of evaluation of the quarterback position. If they're in a position to get Josh Fields or Trevor Lawrence, you know they're going to take him. They're not going to just look and say, hey, well, you know, we have Gardner Minshew here, so we're not going to take a chance on one of these rookie quarterbacks. They're going to draft the rookie quarterback. So that's the difference between these two teams. They're both rebuilding, but Cincinnati has the building blocks. They have the pieces in place to be able to, you know, down the road, be a good team. Next game on the list we have is going to be the Bills against the Las Vegas Raiders. Bills win this game 30-23. to Josh Allen has another impressive night. 288 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Devin Singletary had 55 yards rushing in a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, six catches, 115 yards. He was the man last night. This Bills team, they're impressive, man. They're 4-0. Like I said, this is going to be the new toast of the AFC East. They have everything in place. They have owner. They have coach. They have quarterback. When you have those three things that are lined up and in sync and they're all on the same page, you have symmetry, you have chemistry, you have the holy trinity of football. This is why I think that this organization is going to be one of the most stable franchises for the next five to six years. They, they have everything right now, and I like what I'm seeing out of Josh Allen. He's not running so much. He's proving that he can be a pocket passer. He can stay there and take big hits. He can deliver any throw. This guy is a legit MVP candidate. He is not joking around this season. He is showing the world that he is a viable, legitimate top five quarterback in the NFL. I like what I'm seeing out of this Bills team. For the Raiders, you know, Derek Carr, 32 of 44, 311 yards, two touchdowns. He also had a great game. I mean, these are two good quarterbacks going at it, man. I like this game. This was a back-and-forth game. Bills pulled away in the fourth quarter, but this was a, a nip-and-tuck game. Josh Jacobs, 48 yards on the ground. He didn't really have a great game. Darren Waller was the man after having a tough week last week. He rebounded with nine catches, 88 yards. These are two teams that I can watch every Sunday play football. They just do things the right way. They have a good quarterback. They have a decent running game. They are well-coached on both sides. They have organizational stability. I like what I'm seeing out of these two franchises. And man, the, the sky's the limit for both of them. Really is. Next game we have is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the LA Chargers. Buccaneers win this game 38-31. This was a shootout. It was a great game to watch. Two great quarterbacks. You have one that's 22 years old. You have the other one that's 43 years old. And they put on a show. Tom Brady. 369 yards passing, five touchdowns. He threw a pick six. But other than that, the man was fantastic. He was on the money with all of his throws. Ronald Jones had 111 yards on the ground. Mike Evans had a good game, seven catches, 122 yards. O.J. Howard tore his Achilles in this game. Really, really sad for them. They have depth at the tight end position. They'll be fine, but tough break for O.J. Howard. He had three catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown before he went down. For the Chargers, man, I can't say 
more good things about Justin Herbert. This kid is special. 290 yards, three touchdowns, an interception. He almost had a perfect passer rating. Basically did. You know, the running game was non-existent. Austin Eckler, he looks like he severely tore his hamstring. They have issues there running back. Maybe they turn to Joshua Kelly. I think he may get the start. Keenan Allen had a good game, eight catches, 62 yards. This was just a fun game to watch, man. Like, you know, you really you really didn't want a game like this to end. You know, it was just back and forth. There was a lot of good throws, good plays on both sides. Tampa Bay, they shut them out in the fourth quarter, and basically that was the end of the game. But, man, the, the future is so bright for the Chargers. I knew that when they drafted this kid, they were going to be the team to watch. I said it to, to Mike Guido. I said, listen, man, any team that Justin Herbert goes to, that's the team I'm definitely going to root for. I like, I like Justin Herbert. I like his moxie. I like his poise. These rookie quarterbacks in this class, man, they're looking really, really good. They're looking really, really good. This class is special. But going back to Tampa Bay, they're for real. Tampa Bay Bucks are for real. They have a decent team. Bruce Arians is a great coach. He knows how to get this team motivated. He knows what to do. You have Tom Brady there. You have a lot of veteran leadership on this team. This team is for real, man. I'm curious to see who wins this division, whether it be the Saints, whether it be the Bucks. It's going to come down to, you know, the last couple weeks of the season. I can't wait to see it, man. It's going to be fantastic. Photo finish. Two of the old-ass quarterbacks in football, and they're vying for the NFC South. I can't wait. I can't wait. Turning my attention to the worst game of the week between the Cleveland Browns and the Dallas Cowboys. Browns win this game 49-38, to and it wasn't that close. The Browns beat the hell out of the Cowboys. It was a drubbing from start to finish. Baker Mayfield had 165 yards passing, two touchdowns. He didn't play a great game because Baker Mayfield's not a good quarterback. But let me tell you about the running game. They ran over 300 yards yesterday. The Ernest Johnson, 95 yards rushing. Odell Beckham Jr., 73 yards rushing. Kareem Hunt, 71 yards rushing. Nick Chubb before he got hurt, 43 yards rushing. They had a field day on the ground on this team. 307 yards on the ground on 40 carries. That is college statistics. Odell Beckham Jr. had a great masterful game. Five catches, 81 yards, two touchdowns. He totaled three touchdowns for the game. He looked like the Odell Beckham of old. You know, everybody was saying that how he's finished, he's washed, he may need to get traded. Odell Beckham is fine. They just need to get him in space, get him the ball in different ways. This guy is dynamic. Just like how they were giving him, you know, jet sweeps and stuff like that. Keep doing those things. Be creative with this offense. Be creative with this weapon that you have. Odell Beckham is a special talent. On the other side of the football, Dak Prescott. When you look at the stats, 502 yards, four touchdowns, an interception, passer rating of 112, QBR of 75.7. Ezekiel Elliott had 54 yards on the ground. Wasn't a great game because they were down big, so obviously you're not going to rush the ball a lot. Amari Cooper had a great game. 12 catches, 134 yards on a touchdown. C.D. Lamb, two touchdowns, 79 yards. Dalton Schultz has 72 yards on a touchdown. So let me gather myself before I go into my spiel. 
The Dallas Cowboys have the worst defense I have ever seen. This is the worst defense in all of football right now. They can't stop anybody. At one point, they were down 41 to 14. I'm not making this up. How many times have we seen this Dallas Cowboys team be down 20 plus points? How many times have we seen Dak Prescott throw for 450 yards and everybody looks at the box score and says, man, Dak had a great game. He's phenomenal. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Here's the truth, though. Garbage stat stuffing statistics is what Dak Prescott is full of. This is the problem with Dallas. They start slow. They get behind and the defense can't help you because they can't get stops. Dak Prescott, when the game was within reach, within a score, he was like 5 for 12, 60 yards. He doesn't do much when the game is on the line. When the game is actually even or in a score, Dallas cannot move the ball. Dak Prescott yesterday easily could have had four or five interceptions. He finished with one interception. If, if Cleveland can catch the ball, he would have had four or five. That's how bad he was throwing the ball. Even a touchdown to Amari Cooper. If the safety takes a different angle, that's an interception. So everybody was like, oh, it's an impressive throw. Yeah, sure. If somebody else doesn't catch the ball, Dallas is in shambles. And it starts with this quarterback. I'm tired of hearing people say Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Because my eyes tell me that he's not a good quarterback. That he makes bad decisions. Your two best players on offense turn the ball over on two straight possessions. How can you win like that? Between the two of them through four games, they have like seven or eight turnovers. How are you supposed to win like that? I'm going to give you the answer. You can't. So I don't want to hear about this whole Dak Prescott garbage anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I need to see this quarterback actually start accumulating some stats when the game matters when the game is actually early on when you can be able to build a lead because Dak Prescott doesn't do that no no no. he waits until the team is down 20 to 30 points and the defense has taken their foot off the gas that's when he can be able to accumulate chunk yardage he had 250 yards in the fourth quarter on Sunday but what does it matter they were already up big Cleveland was like ah, all right we're just gonna mail this in this is this is a done deal and now here comes Dak Prescott. Here comes Mr. Stat Stuffer. Here comes Mr. Garbage Statistics. I am tired of this team. Mike Nolan, you haven't been a defensive coordinator for like eight years. It shows. Trust me. It shows. I don't know if it's a lack of talent, a lack of effort, or a lack of scheme. But maybe it's a combination of all three. This secondary is bad. This defensive line is bad. Demarcus Lawrence is bad. He even said of the game, oh, we're soft. We're, yeah, yeah, it starts with you. You're the soft one. Because even when the game was in reach, 41 to 38, why, oh, why did Dallas decide to onside kick the ball? Why don't you kick the ball long and force them to, to, to come downfield? Give your defense a chance to actually make a stop. You're going to give them the ball at the 50-yard line? And then all it takes is for Odell Beckham to have a reverse and take it 50 yards down the house. 
Nobody tackled. Everybody was looking at it. Alden Smith had actually backed him up 20 yards. And where was the rest of the team? They were just looking. I saw Jalen Smith. He's just lightly jogging and then starts to get into a full gallop. What are you doing? Where is the sense of urgency on this team? And the fact that Mike McCarthy is, is getting killed for this, yeah, you can kill him, but it's actually the effort of the football team. They're the issue. It's not the coach. The coach has a scheme. He can be able to tell you what he wants to do. It's the players that have to execute that scheme. Simple. And as bad as they are, as bad as they are, they are tied for first place in this division. This division is terrible. The Cowboys play the Giants next week. I won't be surprised if the Giants hang 35 on the Cowboys. That's how bad this defense is. And I don't want to hear about Dak Prescott anymore. Because if the Cowboys decide to pay Dak Prescott 40 plus million dollars, they will never win a Super Bowl. Mark my words. You cannot win a Super Bowl with a quarterback making that much money because it's going to hamstring your team to be able to get good players. You're already seeing the issue right now. I don't know how I didn't have a heart attack yesterday, how upset I was watching that football game. I wasn't even upset that they were getting blown out. I was upset that they actually came back into the game again. I don't want to see it. I'd rather them get blown out 45 to 10. Don't come back into the game, have everybody believing that you guys have a chance, and then blow it again. I'm tired of it. Because newsflash, Jason Garrett isn't here anymore. But yet they're still having the same issues of getting down big points and having to work themselves back into the game. So what's the common denominator? Number four. What's the common denominator? Ezekiel Elliott. If these players are supposed to be your leaders and they're not preparing their football team to be ready to play a football game, it falls on the players. Period. After the break, a firing that is universally celebrated. On a Monday, it's all even. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess. You're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. You ever had that guy to job that everybody hated? Everybody was just like, yo, how, how is he still here? He always shows up late to work. He, he's not a great worker. He makes poor decisions. Nobody ever can have a real conversation with him because he's very annoying. And then when you hear that he got fired, everybody's like, yo, it's about damn time. That's how everybody feels about Bill O'Brien. The Texans have fired Bill O'Brien and relieved them of his GM and head coaching duties. What took them so long? This is a team that's been floundering for a long time now. 
and everybody's been pointing the finger at Bill O'Brien. So what took Cal McNair this long to fire him? Was he a nice guy? Did they have a friendship? We don't know, but what we do know is that the Texans don't have a first or second round pick for this upcoming draft for a team that needs a lot of holes to fill. They had DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in all of football, possibly in NFL history, and he traded him to the Cardinals for a gym bag and a pack of smokes. He then goes ahead and trades for Brandon Cooks, a guy that has some injury concerns to fill the void of a DeAndre Hopkins. Then you give big money to Randall Cobb, another guy who has had some injury concerns in his career. And then you follow that up with an 0-4 start to the season. Are you surprised? Is anybody actually surprised when you saw the struggle that this team actually had last year with that offensive line, last year with that running game? Nuck was all they had. DeAndre Hopkins was all they had besides Watson. And you traded him for nothing. Not to mention the high-priced contracts that they have on this roster. They are in the red in 2022. They, they have so many issues flexibility-wise for the next couple seasons. And this is all thanks to Bill O'Brien. What was the owner doing? Was he not having conversations with Bill O'Brien? Hey, Bill, how's it going? You know, I heard that you traded DeAndre Hopkins. Why did you do it? What did we get for it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we uh, traded him because, you know, we needed some picks. So, okay, cool. Did we get a couple first-round picks? No, 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 we got a third. What? You got a third for, for one of the best wide receivers in football? At that point, I would have took Bill O'Brien's hand I would have put it on the doorknob and I would have told him, get out and go clean your desk out right now because there's no way you would have survived the move like that. Trading that type of talent, that caliber of player for nothing. What do the Texans have to look forward to this season? They have a bad offensive line. They don't have that great a skill position players because they're always hurt. Deshaun Watson has this big, enormous contract that he possibly may not live up to. What else do they have? Nothing. Texan fans must be doing backflips right now because I've been screaming for Bill O'Brien to be fired for two and a half seasons now. His playoff failures are well documented. To be up 20 plus points on the Kansas City Chiefs last year, and to blow that lead, he should have never had the opportunity to come back to coach this team. Now I'm hearing that Romeo Cornell is going to be able to take over. Kudos to Romeo Cornell. I like Romeo Cornell. I hope that he's able to, you know, give this team some identity, some toughness. It's going to be a hard, arduous road, but still, at least he can be able to put his stamp on this team and possibly become the head coach. I would like to see that happen. But what took you so long? How much bad or how much incompetent things can you do to warrant further employment with this organization? It seems like Bill O'Brien had some dirt on Cal McNair. Maybe he had some dirt on somebody else. 
because that guy shouldn't have been able to coach this team and make those poor front office decisions, poor roster decisions, and continue to have his job. How does a franchise allow a guy like this to swindle you into saying, listen, you know, yeah, head coach, you know, I want to be the head coach, but if you allow me to pick the players on the team, we're really going to be able to take off. Have you ever done this before? No, but I feel I can do a great job. Okay, you're hired. What? So that means that I can be able to walk into any law firm and say, hey, I think that I can be able to try these cases and I can possibly charge $500 an hour and, you know, we'll get these guys off. Have you ever tried any cases before? No. Do you have your license? No. So, okay, yeah, you're hired. That is stupid. You can't do that in any other profession. You can't. So why is it allowed in football? Why can somebody be able to negotiate that I can be a GM as well as a head coach? This is not 2K. This is not Madden. Get some guys in there that know football. He's the head coach. Let him deal with that side on the field. Get some smart people in your front office and let them handle the actual roster, the operation side of it. You can't have one guy controlling everything. What if he's an idiot? What if he doesn't know what he's doing? Case in point, Bill O'Brien. It's a joke. And everybody's now saying, oh, well, why did they fire him now? Because maybe they were so tired of what they were seeing that they couldn't hold it anymore. They couldn't control themselves. All right, that's it. We've had enough. Get him out of here now. I don't even care who the head coach is. We'll figure it out. But I need him gone. I don't want to wake up, go to the facility, and see Bill O'Brien's face. I, I respect that. Why let the guy finish out the season when you can't stand to look at him? Why make him finish out the season when he's not doing a good job? He's failing. If my son goes to college and he's failing throughout the entire semester and he fails the entire semester, are they going to say, well, you can be able to come back for the next semester? No, 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 no. You're going to be on probation or you're going to be in summer school. They're going to say, hey, you, you, you can't go to the next semester. You have to pass. So why does a coach get to continue to fail and still be able to keep his job throughout the entirety of a season. No, if I'm an owner and I make the decisions and I see my team 0-4 or they're 2-5 and or they just don't look good, I have the right to fire you at any time and send you home. Period. I feel sorry for the Texans. I'm not going to lie to you. I really feel bad for them because they have nothing. The cabinet is bare. All because of Bill O'Brien. Here's the thing, newsflash, any GM out there that is considering hiring a head coach, if your coach looks like he has a deer in the headlights type of feel to him, like you look at him and he's just staring into space, don't hire him. Bill O'Brien, Adam Gase, Matt Patricia, they all have the same dumb look on their faces. Don't hire these guys because they will show you exactly who they are unfit for the job little update on the monday night football game between the chiefs and the new england patriots chiefs are up six nothing brian hoyer has already thrown an interception he's not looking good and we expected that chiefs look sharp patrick mahomes is nine for 15 127 yards he's not 
throwing a touchdown as of yet. Edwards Hilaire, he's cooking 28 yards on the ground. He also has 27 yards receiving. Tyreek Hill has 39 yards so far. Harrison Butker has two field goals. You may as well call this one a wrap. However, it's very rare that you see a Bill Belichick team get blown out. He's an evil genius. I'm sure he's going to figure out some type of way to keep this game competitive because that's what he does. He's a maniac. But I'm telling you, looking at Brian Hoyer throw the football, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. After the break, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals Game 3. What the hell happened on a Monday? It's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire. Fire. All Even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. NBA Finals Game 3 was last night. What a game we had. And who won? Miami wins this game 115-104. Jimmy Butler had a virtuoso that night. 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, 14 of 20 shooting. He played 45 minutes. The guy left it all on the floor. It's one of the most impressive finals performances I've ever seen. You know, you put Dwayne Wade's 2006 performances up there. Shaq's performances up there, Jordan, LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, what he did last night was legendary. He literally kept his team from falling down 3-0. If you look at the rest of the roster, nobody really did much. Duncan Robinson struggled. Tyler Hero struggled. Kelly Olenek, though, had a decent game. 17.7 rebounds. But... The story was Jimmy Butler. His presence, his will to win, his drive to push his team to a W and not fall down 3-0, to not fall down to the quote-unquote mighty Lakers. That was a beautiful performance. He is the epitome of lunch pail, don't give up, try hard, push through, fight through adversity. I liked what I saw last night out of the Miami Heat. They showed some grit. They showed toughness. They were up double digits for the majority of the game. Fourth quarter came. The Lakers stormed back. They ended up getting a lead early. Rajon Rondo put him up two. And then after that, the Heat couldn't miss. They couldn't miss a shot. So the Lakers came up short last night. LeBron James, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. But what those numbers don't tell you is that he had eight turnovers. They didn't play well. Anthony Davis was in foul trouble all night. 15 points, five rebounds, three assists, four personal fouls. Markeith Morris, 19 points. Kyle Kuzma actually showed up and scored some points yesterday. 19 points. But they're not getting any production out of Danny Green. Two points out of Danny Green yesterday, 17 minutes. Colwell Pope had five points, 29 minutes. Rondo didn't have a great game. Caruso played Caruso basketball. He, he always brings it. So here's what I'm going to say about game three. Because two things can be true. For one, like I said, the Miami Heat had a game plan. They wanted to make sure that they pushed the pace. They got Dwight Howard out of the game. They, they made Kelly Olenek a factor. 
They put Jimmy Butler at point guard and made him control the game. He was facilitating. He was scoring. He was rebounding. He did everything that he was supposed to do to make sure that they got a win. On a Lakers side of it, they played awful basketball, uninspired basketball, turning the ball over, not looking like they cared, low energy, bad body language. You, you would think that this was a first-round series, how they approached this game. The Lakers played awful. They got outscored in the paint 52-34. to 34. The Lakers got outscored in the paint by the Miami Heat 52-34. to 34. The Lakers turned the ball over 20 times. Eight by LeBron James, by the way. And how are you supposed to win that way? You're not. You're not going to win. That's the issue with this team is that as talented as they are, they will have games like this that makes you say, what are they doing? Why are they so lackadaisical? And I'm going to put it at the feet of LeBron James. LeBron James did not play a good game yesterday. He was plotting. He, he wasn't playing great on the defensive end. He was just letting backdoor cuts go through, backdoor layups. It was a terrible game by the Lakers and a terrible game by LeBron James. Sloppy ball handling, bad passes. You're trying to make cross-court passes and there's two people in the corner. Like, what are you doing? They go as you go. If your energy level is down, the Lakers' energy level as a team will be down. So what is the reason for this? We don't know. We have no idea. But maybe they took the heat for granted. Maybe they said, okay, well, the fact that Bam and Gordon Drogic are not going to be playing for game three, I don't think the Heat are going to have a chance. I think they're going to mail it in, boys. So we don't have to play that hard because they're going to play up to our standards and they're going to come up short. Wrong. Wrong. The Heat punched them in the face yesterday, and they ended up saying, all right, that's fine. We'll, we'll take the loss and, and go home. And another thing, Anthony Davis. This is why it concerns me when people start anointing Anthony Davis too early. Anthony Davis, oh, he's a great player. Maybe finals MVP. He's carrying the Lakers. Is he really? What I've seen in this series is Kelly Olenek has outplayed Anthony Davis for the last five quarters. That's what I saw. I didn't see a tough-minded, all-star, legend in the making, great Laker legend in the making. I saw a timid, passive-aggressive, jump-shooting big man who didn't want to engage yesterday. That is not a good recipe. They have to be better than that. Lakers have to be better than that. And not for nothing, Danny Green, this may be Danny Green's last season. I don't think Danny Green could be able to physically get through another NBA season. He looks washed. He looks done. Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma's Kyle Kuzma. He had a good game yesterday. He hit five threes. Kudos to him. Is that going to be a consistent thing? No, it's not. Markeith Morris had a decent game as well. But can you hit the rim on some of your threes? Markeith Morris leads the Lakers in air balls in the finals. Probably in the playoffs. And then everybody wants to talk about LeBron James walking off the court before the game is over. LeBron James has done this his entire career. There's been other players that have done this in their career. 
I'm not saying that it's it's right, but it's a dead issue. It's a non-issue. People want to say, oh, well, Jordan wouldn't do that, and Kobe wouldn't do that, and they're not LeBron James. LeBron James handles things the way he wants to handle things. But I can tell you this, every time I've seen LeBron James walk up that, that tunnel that way, the next game he comes out like a monster. He's not upset with the heat. He's not a sore loser. He's upset with himself. So we now are being critical of a guy who's very overly critical of himself. And he's disgusted in his play. He's disgusted how the game came out. And he's, he's quick to go back to the locker room to gather his thoughts, galvanize with his team, watch some film, and come back better the next game. What's the big deal? Like it's 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 not a big deal. When teams lose, sometimes they shake hands, sometimes they walk off the court. I'm more concerned about how poor he played, the eight turnovers, the poor defense, the no effort on the defensive end by the entire team. That's what I want to talk about. The Heat shot 51% last night. They only hit 12 threes out of 34 so they weren't lights out but the Lakers just didn't come to play period so what can we expect from game four well the rumor mill has already started that Bam Adebayo has been upgraded from doubtful to questionable for game four so they may end up getting their second best player back or their first best player back and that may be their Willis Reed moment that may be their spark to get back into the series and possibly win the series. Is it possible? Absolutely, it's possible that the Miami Heat can be able to upset the Lakers. But you know what's actually probable? That the Lakers go up 3-1 and then they possibly lose game five and then they close them out in six, like I predicted. Lakers in six. I believe that the Lakers are going to come out inspired in game four. I think Anthony Davis is going to come out inspired. But more importantly, I think LeBron James may have a virtuoso type of performance. But I'm curious to see what type of adjustments Frank Vogel makes. Because it's about inspired basketball. It's not about execution. It's not about X and O's. It's about are you guys coming to play basketball today? Are you guys coming to get that much closer to winning an NBA championship? To all the people out there that play basketball, let this be a lesson to you. Sometimes, talent is not what wins you a basketball game. It's about who plays the hardest. It's about who actually comes and shows up to play. Because you don't have to have all the talent on your team. You don't have to have the superstar players. But what you do have is toughness. You have heart. You have chemistry. You have guys that know their roles. You have guys that are willing to fight, to be in that trench with you, to be on that front line and take those shots. That's what you need to win games. And they showed you last night that the Miami Heat, they may be the lesser talented team in this series. They may be outnumbered. They may be outgunned. Hell, they may even be outcoached. But they're not going to be outworked. And that is why this Miami Heat team is special. After the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Monday. 
It's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy. Yeah. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. So the first candidate for this week is, may I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is, the Los Angeles Laker fans. The Los Angeles Laker fans are my candidate for, Dummy. Yeah. because... Some idiot decided to make a petition that if the Lakers win a championship, Kyle Kuzma should not get a ring. <laughs> My thing is this. It shouldn't be Kyle Kuzma. It should be Danny Green. Now, granted, I'm just kidding. Every Laker has contributed to possibly winning this championship. But for some reason, Laker fans hate Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, every time Kyle Kuzma makes a mistake, and trust me, it's every game. If you check Laker blogs, Laker fan blogs, they are going nuts. Twitter, they're going nuts. People hate Kyle Kuzma. And I'm not going to lie to you. When I watch Laker games, I curse Kyle Kuzma to the heavens every game because he makes some bonehead play. He does. Like that behind-the-back pass or behind-the-head pass that he tried to make to LeBron James. And LeBron James is just looking at him like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Kyle Kuzma does this every game. He either dribbles the ball off of his leg. He shoots and hits the side of the backboard. He shoots and hits the top of the backboard. He gets blocked by the smallest guy on the court. Something will piss off a Laker fan. Somebody will be mad at Kyle Kuzma. But guess what, Laker fans? He's a part of the team. You can't just say the man can't get a ring. Like, what are we doing here? We've had a whole bunch of bad players on our teams in the history of the Lakers that have won championships. Mark Matson, DJ Benga. There's been plenty of characters that are quacky guys that have won titles for the LA Lakers. This is nothing new. So why is Kyle Kuzma so hated? I really think it's his face. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma just has this look on his face that he's like a pompous jackass, and it doesn't even matter if he messes up or not. He doesn't care. And Laker fans hate that. Laker fans hate players that look entitled, but they are not entitled because they're not that good. They're just role players. They hate that, and I think that's why Kyle Kuzma gets the vitriol from Laker fans that he gets. But at the end of the day, Laker fans need to cool out. Now, do I have a nickname for Kyle Kuzma? Yes, I do. 
His nickname is Kyle. I miss Brandon Ingram Kuzma. I, I bash him too, but he's put in the work over the regular season. He's had some decent playoff games, some good playoff games here and there. The guy deserves a ring, okay? Let's just cut the nonsense. Just stop it. How would you feel if you're at work and you worked on a project with all your, your, your co-workers and everybody's getting celebrated and praised and they don't say your name? Yo, you're going to feel crazy. You're going to want to beat everybody up. Don't do that, Kyle Kuzma, guys. Come on. Have a heart. Have a heart. So, Laker fans, you may feel like losers right now because Game 3 didn't go so well. But you're possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this week. I'll see you guys on Friday. Until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.